Hey everybody, Michael Knowles here. All this talk of anti-racism, the Woca-Cola campaign to make us all be less white, <laughs> all this kind of insane racial grievance has me thinking out to one of my favorite videos from the entire summer. This was put out by my friend Ryan Long, a comedian who, I'm not saying the guy's conservative, he just does not toe the left-wing party line. I chatted with Ryan about racism and anti-racism over the summer. I think what he had to say is, is truer now than it ever has been. Take a listen. There's a strange phenomenon going around in politics today, which is that if you look at the uh, extreme left, like the woke left, and you look at, you know, the four like white supremacists left in America, you know, I guess what you would call the extreme right, even though some people quibble about that. When you listen to them talk, they sound eerily similar. You may even have seen this video going around the internet recently from the comedian Ryan Long. It's like he's a mind reader. I mean, I've been pushing for segregation forever and my man does what? I created an improv comedy show exclusively for ethnic people. I segregates comedy on my birthday. White people need to stop wearing dreadlocks and they need to stop appropriating black people's music. Shaved heads and country music the way God intended. You know all white people are racist. I'm listening. <laughs> so it goes on. You should go check out the uh, entire video. Well, we've got that man who put out that video and lots of other really funny content. Ryan Long, a comedian and filmmaker from America's Hat, Toronto, Canada, but he now lives in New York City amid all the crazy lockdowns. Uh, you may have seen him on Netflix, NBC, MTV, Fuse TV, The Score, but nobody watches any of those like legacy channels anymore. Probably you've seen him on his YouTube channel or you've listened to his podcast, The Boys Cast with Ryan Long. Ryan, thank you for being here. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. Dude, I love your stuff. I think it's extremely funny. And the, the thing that shocks me most about it is I don't understand with the way that you have poked fun, you know, also at the right, but especially at the left, how you've not been canceled yet. Why are you still around? Why are you not canceled? <laughs> Dude, there's a, there was like a bunch of people on the internet. Every time I open my phone right now, it's a bunch of people yelling at each other and yelling at me. This is the virtual <laughs> rage, the virtual rage room of Twitter. So people, no, definitely people have gotten canceled, but uh, or tried to cancel me. But one of the funny things is people like me that aren't in the industry anymore and I'm kind of doing my own thing. And they, so now they're kind of like canceling each other because they go, oh, we're going to take your job away. And you go, what jobs? Like, what are you taking away? My RRS, my RSS feed? Yeah. So I'm not in that game anymore. So a lot of people like me are doing our own thing because the industry's uh, stinks right now. Well, it's funny you mention that because, you know, I, I was I was only half joking when I said, I don't, I don't care about NBC, MTV, like none of that really interests You're me. You're right though. It's yeah. like your content, your YouTube channel is way more interesting to me. And the same goes for a lot of other comedian friends. That's much more interesting than getting some network TV co-star or something like that. Dude, those networks right now are basically going to everyone in America and they're saying, this is what you like now. And everyone's like, no, it's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> Like if I take the crazy pills and they're like, here's your new favorite comedian. And everyone's like, what? This guy is king. You know, they, so I, they used to do this yeah, in yeah. old Hollywood. You'd see it be like, your next movie star is going to be Johnny Smith. <laughs> you know, and they'd go to some small town and find some random guy and foist him on you. And that, that doesn't seem to work anymore. No, they, the, probably the most recent one of those was John Krasinski after The Office. There was like 95 movies where they're like, huh, John from Jim from The Office? And everyone's like, I mean, I guess he's okay. <laughs> I guess if I have to, I, I guess I'll watch it. You know, on the, 
on the point of being canceled for politics, your, your videos have gone viral, especially because you've dinged the left, but you've also dinged the right too. You know, it's not like yeah. you're, you're kind of cutting both ways here. Yeah, I'm dig- yeah, yeah. I think I'm like, con- a lot of times I'm just digging like dogmatic thinking and I'm not even necessarily saying anything about the ideology as much as like the people who make it their entire identity and try to push it on everyone else. Yeah. I mean, would, would you, would you consider yourself a conservative or you're kind of just, you're a comedian, you're kind of outside of politics or partisan politics yeah, generally. I- yeah, that's what I'd like to think of it. I kind of like to think of it if there was two people fighting over who's going to be the teacher and I'm the kid at the back of the class sort of making fun of it. But people, so when you say that, people always go, so you're a centrist. I go, no, I'm not playing the game. Yeah. I'm not part of the game. And and that used to be okay, to be completely honest. It didn't, you know, and that's obviously something that's, you know, way worse on the woke left where they want your they want your political identity to be like your entire part of your personality. It used to be like, you know, oh, this guy, he's into football and he did this. Now it's like, oh, so-and-so, he's a liberal or he's a conservative. And, you know, everyone has their leanings, but that didn't used to have to be like the entire thing that defines you and who you hang out with and who you date and what shows you watch. So that's the one of the parts that's extra crazy right now. That used to be the idea of the artist. Actually, going back to a, a medieval comedy, going back to like Dante, who wrote the Divine Comedy, he has this, he has this famous clowns, yeah. he always, there's this famous line in the in the poem where he says, I, I left partisan politics, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a party of one. And you used to think of comedians as like, yeah, he's a party of one, you know, he's gonna dig into these guys, he's gonna dig into these guys, he's gonna show these absurdities. But I noticed yeah. the criticism of you is not coming from the right. It's it's only coming from one side of the political aisle right now. Yeah, I even said that 99% of the people that were mad at my video work in entertainment or the media. <laughs> yeah. Normal people don't care. Well, it's kind of like the, the, the woke left, you know, they kind of run Hollywood and they're the predominant power right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, if you think of them as, so they're, they're always kicking people out, right? They're, you're not allowed in our club. And the right, and far as media goes, they're always like, hey, you come over here. Yeah, come on, the water's <laughs> warm, come on in here. Right. And they kind of say, hey, the, uh, so it's, at the right, everyone's trying to push you to the right, regardless of what your ideology is. But one of the reasons that you want to stay, I, I, I personally want to stay away from even like planting a flag down is because, I mean, you've probably been alive long enough to see those two words change so much. Right in a, such a short period of time. So when you start saying, I'm a this, and then six months later, they can tell you, oh, remember that thing you are? It means something completely different now. And you think this now, and you think this now, and you go, you know what? I'm just not gonna take a label if you're gonna change them every 15 minutes and I have to like update what I think. Of course, it's so much easier, you know, rather than having to keep up with whatever the latest thing is changing out, it seems like it changes hourly. Instead, you can just yeah, think what, what you think. Yeah, what do we don't like now? Yeah, <laughs> who do we hate? Who are we gonna, who are we gonna tar and feather out of here? Well, you know, on that, <laughs> on that point of like the industry, tar and feathering people. I remember when Adam Carolla started his podcast, he called it uh, the pirate ship. And he said, I'm not going to be beholden to Hollywood. I'm going to be in a pirate ship. And he said, okay, that's nice. You're in your own little area, but all the big money, all the big shows, that that's all in mainstream Hollywood. Now I look at all the biggest shows. I look at guys like Joe Rogan, for instance, right? Joe Rogan is a zillion times bigger than virtually anybody who works in mainstream Hollywood. Do you see, do you see Hollywood getting its kind of mainstream power back? Or is this, is this isolated, you know, go your own way, do your own channel? Is that the future of entertainment? 
Yeah, and it's not just, I mean, they lost control of the press tour, like you were saying. Like, it used to be you have a movie and you go, okay, we'll put you on this show, this show, this show. Now it's like, if you want to do that, you call Joe Rogan and if, if he feels like it. You don't have yeah. control of him. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's so crazy to watch that happen. But it's not just Hollywood. I mean, it's the it's uh, the universities. It's, you know, this virus has gone everywhere, right? Yeah. So the amount of people that just work at some company and they're getting this stuff shoved down their throat every second so it's so pervasive. It's hard to, and there's this loop of, you know, advertisers needing to be woke, them making woke content. Because if you say, oh, we're going to do this edgy show, your advertisers are like, well, we want the no Trump show, you know? Yeah. So it's, the, the someone would have to like clear out the whole regime of, you know, 20, you know, 20 year old girl opinions if they, if they wanted to <laughs> actually say we're going to make South Park again or something like that. Right. So I think it's a complicated scenario, but it sounds like, this is going to happen and they're going to probably like they do with everything else, like they're doing with podcasting, they get into the game late and they're going to just have to drop boatloads of cash at people's houses if they want to get back in the game five years late. Yeah. You know? Well, speaking of 20 something year old girl opinions, it was actually the way I first found you <laughs> is my wife who, you know, is a little more reasonable than most 20 something year old girls. But my wife, yeah. my wife said, you got to watch this guy. This guy's really funny. And my first reaction was, okay, it's going to be one of these like how many times do you hear, oh, you got to watch this funny video on the internet. And, but the guy isn't, a, <laughs> yeah. he's not a comedian. He's like just a guy who did a funny thing on the internet one time. You think, okay, whatever. But the, the thing that strikes me about you is you're not just a guy who did a funny thing on the internet. You are an actual comedian. And there is a huge difference here, you know, between just some kind of hobbyist and an, an actual pro. From your vantage within the, the comedy world, the pro real comedy world, what is the consensus here now? I mean, it, what what is funny? What is what are people who actually make people laugh for a living? What are they going toward? Well, that's why like doing comedy clubs for the last ten years, three times a night, you know, actually finding out what real people think instead of what these people do, where they design what they think they should think yeah. and then work backwards. They're like, well, we know what we want them to think. Let's move backwards from there. We'll design everything backwards from the ideology of like where we'd like it to end up. Whereas, you know, I've always been like sort of a counterculture guy and a punk guy. Like I know if I went out there and I, was, I said, Trump's a loser. And I could see people like kind of being like, all right. Yeah. Like I hear that. I could, I could ha turn on my TV and have people yell at me all day. You know, if I want, if I want to listen to, if I want to get yelled at by a comedian, I can listen to Stephen Colbert. So, I mean, for me, it's I've I've always kind of been into actual counterculture and kind of speaking uh, against what the mainstream ideology is and what the viewpoints that I feel like are shoved down my throat and what we're forced to lie about. Yeah. But it doesn't mean everyone has to do that. I mean, it depends on your sensibilities, right? Like a lot of comedians just want to go up there and make jokes about Uber. But the problem is those comedians that used to be, hey, I'm going to make jokes about coffee and Uber. The world's like, also, you have to be into politics now. And they're like, uh, I don't know, I guess Trump's bad because they're not equipped for that fight. Right. 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 I think even I think it was person. like Seinfeld said, they said, why don't you make Trump jokes? And he said, I want to make jokes about strawberry pie. Like I don't, that is not what I, <laughs> yeah. what I want to do. I like this idea of the the John Krasinski effect that that you know Hollywood <laughs> that these these opinion makers are saying, look, this is what you have to like. This is what's going to be really funny, and you're going to go to the movies and watch it. It's it's what they did to us in 2016, right? They said, yeah, that you know yeah. what people really want is Hillary Clinton. And you're like, are you? Uh, 
Have, are you listening to yourself right now? Or frankly, even in 2020, yeah. they say, you know what the youths want, what the kids, what they want? Joe Biden. The people are crying <laughs> out. And you just think like, you are so disconnected from reality that a, yeah. a reality TV star, media mogul, who's probably never read two books about politics, is much more in line with what the average common, common American is thinking than any of the people you're putting up. Oh, 100%. And then on top of that, they use like dirty tricks, like racial guilt and stuff to try to, you mm. know, force you into those things. Like they, you know, that's some of the stuff I talk about in the, in the thing. They go, if you're not black, if you're black and you don't vote this way, you, you lose your black card. You see them saying that. I was like, what kind of cold stuff? What are you? Everyone's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? Oh, so I'm black. I, this is the list of opinions I got to have or I'm a trait. Like, what are you talking about? So I think there's a lot of that stuff going on. And they are in a big way missing it. But so people say there's not good comedy. There's lots of really good comedy. I have a lot of friends that are making a lot of good stuff. The industry just needs to catch up in a big way. Well, I, I also noticed this thing, which is, yeah, now they're saying if you don't vote a certain way, if you don't, you know, you're you're a traitor to your race, you're a Nazi. You can be a black white supremacist now. You can be a Jewish neo-Nazi <laughs> now. And they, I guess, they don't even hear what they're saying. But there's this weird effect that's going on, which is. The more and more that people move away from doing what they tell them to do, the, the louder and shriller and more desperate these opinion makers seem to get. You know, is that a, is that a yeah. sign of, of them losing their grip of power or is it a sign that they're about to clamp down? No, it's the, it's definitely a sign that they've already. They, I mean, they've already lost their grip of power, but mm. they still own the institutions. I mean, they've lost the control of people's minds a long time, you know, years ago. This COVID stuff it started to flip, you know, back up again. But it, it, it basically feels like you're a company, and instead of being like, hey. Uh, our red shirts are selling by the millions. Let's uh, let's sell more of those. And they go up production on red. And you're like, why? It's like, we just think that red's better for the people. Yeah. So they're just, <laughs> and you go, what? They, they don't want that. What are you talking about? I was reading, uh, and another reason, like a lot of my friends are so sick of this stuff, whatever color they are. Like, you know, most of my friends, it's like, we're just comedians. No one, but you know, that's how we consider ourselves, right? right? But they go, there was this big article that was kind of going viral and it was like why black guys need to talk about their male privilege or whatever, right? <laughs> and it was just all the same stuff. It was like, did you like white privilege? Well, here's black privilege from the guys that brought you, <laughs> from the creators of, of male privilege. Now here's black male privilege, all of the guilt of white, male privilege, but repurposed for black men. And you're like, and you and you think a black guy wants to read this and be like, I'm in. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Like, you, no one likes this stuff. Shut up. Yeah, there's like an infomercial. It's like, but but wait, there's more. Not only do you yeah, get yeah. your white privilege, but you also get your black privilege. You know, I was I was yeah. watching this hearing. Talk about comedy gold. I was watching this hearing the other day of uh, all of these Democratic politicians, including Eric Swalwell, my absolute favorite, grilling the Attorney General Bill Barr. And so all of these Democrats are grilling Barr and they say, well, hey, do you think that if we just have completely widespread mail-in ballots with no structures in place to collect them and no accountability, do you think there could be interference in the election? And Barr says, uh, yeah, I think probably there could. And, yeah. and the lady goes, well, do you have any evidence? Do you have any scientific studies? Do you have any proof of that? He goes, uh, no, I have common sense. I, there, I guess this is in short supply now, right. but I, I guess common sense to me is kind of the, the prerequisite for comedy. And it, it, it would seem to me kind of why the comedy is moving a little bit more to the right. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's it's definitely there's a situation where your average person finds themselves leaning towards the right because they just they go because this left basically says you need to be on either side. Yeah. And then normal people go, all right, well, I know I'm not that. Like, yeah. You know what I mean, you know, I, and especially most people, especially, you know, I'm from Canada and, and Toronto. Right. So it's like, you know, you kind of grow up in a liberal metropolitan. You sort of, you know, for the most part, only hear one side. Right. And that just became the sort of so you kind of you never really paid that much attention to what, you know, maybe you kind of you get into libertarian, some people kind of become libertarians or whatever, right? But, you, you know, you, all you were told was like, that's the bad thing. And they go, well, you got to have a side. And you're, ah, I just don't want to be part of this. And they go, well, you have to. And then you start being like, I guess the other side then? I don't know. But that's yeah. why it's funny for, for comedy, especially because they go, your art's supposed to have a message, right? Which they mean, you know, and you're like, yeah, the Christian church also thinks that my art should be propaganda for a <laughs> movement. But what they really mean is your art should say my message. And I'm like, because if they go, art's got to have a message. And you go, okay, my art's the Trump's awesome. And you're like, okay, well, it can't be that. <laughs> yeah, don't, whatever it is. You know, I was talking to Adam Carolla the other day. And like Adam and I disagree on many pretty foundational political issues. Like we actually, okay. you wouldn't, if you were to construct a political party, you wouldn't look at all the people and say like, yeah, those two guys are going to be on the same side. And so Adam right. has been asked, are you a conservative? And he's like, He's like, here's what happened. One time I said that, that parents should feed their children lunch. Uh, they, I was asked about like a school lunch issue. And I said, yeah, parents should make a, a ham sandwich for their kids. And then the left got so angry at me that I guess that makes me a conservative. So that's what I am. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a feed your kids conservative. Who knows? But I guess that, that's kind of the box that people are being pushed into now. Yeah, I think I'll, you know, it, it comes down to the... The I the truth is, you know, the the way America's designed, you know, where you have the conservatives that are kind of the dad and the liberals that are kind of the mom. <laughs> and it's like no one wants to be tyrannically run by either of them. But, mm. you know, one seems a little crazy right now. So, you know, a lot of times the, the the pushback isn't that bad. And me personally, I'm like would be more of a freedom versus safety person personally, you know, and I don't necessarily need to like impose the way that I think on everyone. But that's one of the reasons I moved to America instead of Canada, because, yeah. you know, I'm like, you know, I think that freedom and liberty are important and individualism and stuff like that. But if you get to a scenario where they go, one of these gangs is going to rule over you yeah. and <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're fighting. It's like in the, anything, all of the fights between people happen. Like the truth is, everyone wants to say that everyone argues and the, these racial groups hate each other. Truth is, everyone gets along pretty well. Until you say we're going to pick one of us and everyone else has to live that way. You know, as long as people get to live their own life the way they want to, we all get along pretty well when we're not being imposed each other's beliefs on each other. And I like this idea of the left as the mom, you know, but it's like that, not, <laughs> not like the most nurturing mom in the world, like kind of or a little feminine, more of an yeah. overbearing mom. I just, did you see this thing that was going around on Instagram where women were posting like black and white hot photos of themselves and, and with the hashtag challenge accepted. Like it was like a challenge, you know, to post a <laughs> selfie on Instagram. That's that to me, that's, that's the way that the mom is the left right now. It's like the mom posting the selfie saying that it's, they're really brave and, and stunning and beautiful. Yeah. Do you, but and they're the mom. They're also the mom that's like telling you that uh, you need to wear a skateboard helmet if you're going to, you know, just skateboard on the driveway. <laughs> yeah. But then they're also like, more importantly, all your friends need to wear them. And if your friends don't have them, I don't want you hanging around those kids anymore. Yeah. I don't like Johnny. You stay away from Johnny. And and because yeah, Johnny had a tweet two years ago. Quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to tell you some. He's going to tell you some Simpsons quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
like, so that's, this is my worry for comedy though, is like your stuff's great. Uh, you know, a lot of, actually uh, not a lot, but a number of other guys are putting out great stuff these days. Yeah. But con- you know, Christopher Hitchens, when he once said that women aren't funny, he made this distinction between being funny and having a sense of humor. And those are, those are two different things, right? To be funny, you make people laugh. To have a sense of humor, you understand comedy and, and you laugh yourself and you can, you, you can laugh, period. Are we in a kind of dangerous situation here in comedy? Because I noticed there are, there are still funny people, but like half the country maybe, and, and it's not totally along ideological lines, but it's pretty close. It seems to me we haven't lost our ability to be funny. We've lost our ability to have a sense of humor and to understand comedy, which seems necessary for comedy to thrive. I love how you uh, squeaked in that women aren't funny in that analogy. <laughs> it's gonna it wasn't even that, that relevant. Much. Okay, see you later. Yep. <laughs> I always say with the women, that, that Christopher Hitchens thing, I know, I know what he's trying to say a little bit, but stand-up comedy, it's almost more so that Stand-up comedy is a masculine art form and more men want to do it. Yeah. So you kind of, there's there's a lot at play why there's more men, you know, the one of the, it's just like anything. It's like, it's not just one thing, but I know a ton of girls that are hilarious. It's just sometimes going in front of a room full of people and yelling at, like that's a masculine art form to begin with, whether whether girl or guy. Well, it's funny, but you know, that, of, that's kind of the point Hitchens was making is like people totally misunderstood his point, which his point actually wasn't the headline, women aren't funny. His point was, stand-up comedy tends to be a more masculine art form. So he gave right. examples of women of who are funny, but yeah, yeah, there's tons of them, girls that are, yeah. I mean, I'm, I have lots of friends that are like super funny. Of course. That, yeah. that does get misinterpreted and weaponized sometimes. And, and I'm probably part of it. I do have a podcast called the boys guys. And I'm like, women suck. <laughs> yeah. And it's sometimes like, yeah, it's, the worst. it's like, that's not what I meant though. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, dudes rule. I just, I just think the guys rule. Girls are always like girl power. I'm like, how about dudes rule? That's my new movement. You're not invited. <laughs> It's so brave, but no, stunning and brave. In terms of, the, yeah, yeah. In terms of the, most people, because uh, stand-up comedy should be, especially especially in a live setting, is a, you make jokes that you think are funny and then your conscience allows you to make. Like you feel, you know what? That was the right joke. The same way that when you're with your friends, you make fun of each other, but there might be a time where you go, ah, you know what? I He didn't even blow up, but I kind of felt bad when I said that. That felt over the line. So you have your own conscience of what you think is, makes sense. And then the audience has gets to vote on whether they like it with yeah. their one vote, their laughter. The problem is other people that weren't there now think they get to vote. They get to like watch it afterwards and be like, that was wrong. And you go, well, there was a Democratic vote in that audience on laughter. And the vote was they liked it. And you go, well, they're wrong. They're yeah. stupid. <laughs> Those people are stupid and they're racist. And you, what about the black guy? He hates himself. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, and that's what these people are doing. But most people, for the most part, actually aren't that crazy. But they're afraid. But if you're good at comedy, and, you know, it is tough to do, but if you're good at comedy, you can make people uh, feel comfortable. And you're like, hey, guys, we're going to laugh at everything right now. And it does. it's not because we're bad people. <laughs> it's because we're fun people. That's a great point. I've, I haven't seen before that, that similarity between comedy and politics, which is that it's all about the circumstances, right? It's all about the context. I mean, That's like cool. it's it, actually the example you use is direct, which is there's a democratic vote in the comedy club. If they laugh, it worked. If they don't laugh, it didn't work. There's a democratic vote in politics. You know, if you get elected, then you've, you've said something that resonates with people. And that might change over time. Something that's funny 30 years ago might not be funny today. Some politician who got elected 30 years ago might not get elected today. But 
How insane yeah. is it to go back and say, yeah, you told a joke 15 years ago and now <laughs> I don't like it and you're dead and I'm going to ruin you and ruin your life. Yeah, because the context is different, right? Because, you know, it's a lot of times you're not with comedy, you're not even so much people talk about it being like a truth telling art form, but it's it's not about so sometimes it's not so much about telling the truth as much as being not forced to tell lies because it's more like everyone's it's like if, uh, you know, sometimes you'll see it in, in you know, the body positivity movement with women or whatever. They'll go, this girl's so beautiful. And you go, all right, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? And they're like, no, but say it, though. You have to say it. You have to believe <laughs> yeah. it. And you go, okay, I don't care if you want to say that and think that, but when you need me to now say yeah. it, that's what's becoming a problem. So it's like, if you want to go like your thing that you like, fine. But when you need to go, no, but you need to say it's good. And I think that's like a lot of times what it's pushing back against because the context is different. I wouldn't, I'm not like a need to tell the truth. If I'm with someone that's, you know, that person, let's say a two out of 10 girl, I don't, I don't like, Hey, you're gross. Cause I'm a truth teller and I need to say this. <laughs> Like, that's not how I feel. Yeah. But if 10 people are in my face being like, tell her she's beautiful, I, then I might be like, well, she's not, though. No, I, <laughs> stop making yeah. me be honest. I don't want to be honest. I don't want to say anything. But, yeah, I mean, it's I, I mentioned it earlier. Now it's become a kind of cliche is this idea of stunning and brave, you know, that basically yeah, there's yeah. this kind of. I don't know, politically correct orthodoxy that makes you say, I guess it started really with, with Caitlyn Jenner, is you say, okay, Bruce Jenner wants to go by Caitlyn Jenner now. All right, it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't, you know, no big deal. I have other things that I think about. But it's when you're told that you have to say this this woman is stunning and brave. Yeah, I mean, even, I think Norm, Norm MacDonald had a bit on this. He's like, look, you know, they want me to tell, uh, say that she's brave and beautiful and uh uh, maybe she's brave, but like how many 60 something year old women do you know who are like really, really hot? Uh, not too many, uh, you know, the, yeah, yeah. in their own way, but, but not, not too many. Yeah. That's, it's, it's just a culture of lies that's being, being foisted on people. And that kind of makes you react. Yeah. And people are like over it, you know? So when you give them the permission to not uh, say that, cause a lot of times, uh, you know, comedy can be like a pressure release valve, right? Cause there's so much of uh people feel like they're being gaslit, right? It's yeah. kind of, so sometimes it's just nice to go up and hear someone kind of say those things the same way that if you, let's say me and you had a mutual friend who was, he's all right, you know, not maybe guy number four in the crew. <laughs> and, and, so, and everyone's coming up to you and they're like, this guy's the best. All of a sudden you find yourself in your head, like what? And then everyone's telling you that. And then, so that's making you feel crazy. But then when someone else comes up like, hey, he just had a really bad day. So we're just trying to get, bump him up. And you go, oh yeah, okay, sure, fine. Great guy. I yeah, he's wanna, awesome. I just don't want to feel crazy. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times, you know, when just hearing someone push back against these things is enough to sort of, you know, because sometimes you're in your workplace, you're like, am I crazy? Because you feel, is ever has everyone lost their minds? It starts to make you feel crazy because you're being like gaslit by society sometimes. Yeah, it is that gaslighting. I think, you know, sometimes the right gets knocked for being too, uh, too blunt or, you know, they're, 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 they're considered mean or impolite, but it's not that. We'd be happy to be polite. It's just don't like relieve yourself on my leg and tell me it's raining. Just let me know what you're doing and that it's not, I'm not, I'm not completely out of my mind and we can go along and be nice and all have a nice civil society. Yeah, I think that everyone works a little better when they're the push. I mean, it's a weird scenario because obviously the Trump's in power. So you have your Republicans in power, but the liberals clearly control thought and everything, everything else. Everything else, yeah.
Yeah, so you have a it's it's kind of it feels like for me like the whole woke church. It's yeah. the reason why people are so threatened is because they have their bishop positions in that church and then and they're saying, you know, here's our list of things and I'm kind of saying, "Hey, we have a bar down the street where we're we're all kind of partying and it's really fun and everyone's leaving to go hang out at that bar." And they're like, "Just so you know, you're we're going to we're going to call you the worst things if you leave." Because they they know if you leave, it's a bishop position. And they go, yeah. that's the devil there. And you go, well, it's not really that. We're just having fun over here. And they're like, well, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if it hasn't happened already, Ryan, I'm pretty sure that this conversation will get us both excommunicated by the bishops. Stop putting of the, the jinx on me. Yeah. <laughs> You're cursing me. That's, I, I know. I, I, well, whatever, though. You can at least go hang out at the bar, and uh, the bar will be pretty fun down yeah, the street. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. I've ta it. taken up a ton of your time. But... I, I do encourage everybody, go check out Ryan Longman. His stuff is really great. They can find you, Ryan, on YouTube. They can find you at your podcast, The Boys Cast with Ryan Long. Where else? MySpace, Zanga, yeah. LiveJournal? I try to, you know, I try to root everything to those two things. You know, I, okay. I'm going to be touring a lot as soon as this comes back. But YouTube.com slash Ryan Long Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Parlor. I got them all at Ryan Long Comedy. Cool, so, man. Yeah, hit me up. I hit it video every single Monday morning at uh, 10 Eastern Standard Time. Go check it out. 10 Eastern Standard I'm trying to figure out if that conflicts with my show. Well, if it does, right after <laughs> my show, then go out yeah, yeah. and check out Ryan's <laughs> stuff. Uh, dude, great great to talk to you. Keep up the great awesome work. Really funny you, stuff. Man. And uh, we'll have to have you back soon. I appreciate it, dude. I'll see you soon. All right. <laughs> <laughs>